Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to So I Got to Thinking, your weekly Sex in the City podcast where we take the timeless questions of Carrie Bradshaw and apply them to modern life and love. Although of course at the moment, normal service is on pause as we dissect the weekly episodes of I'm Just Like That, streaming now on Sky and Now TV or HBO Max in the United States. You are listening to Tampon, Juno Dawson and Sanitary towel, Dylan Beejar. Hi. Hi. I did that one on the hoof. Could you tell? I could not tell. It was just, it was so organic. Um, I was, so I was so nervous. I feel like they put Charlotte in pristine white outfits throughout, just so that mm. it made everyone nervous. Like, <laughs> like uh-uh. I knew what we were going to see at some point. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're loving the bodily fluids, aren't they? On and just like that. <laughs> it's it's sex in the city with puke and menstrual blood. Yeah. Next week, someone has diarrhea. <laughs> it's going to be re- that's the season finale. <laughs> Carrie, oh no! Oh my god! And Carrie pissed herself. Yeah. We've already had Carrie piss herself. Yeah. So where where next? <laughs> the, the only way is down. Um. <laughs> This week, we were mostly enjoying, and just like that, episode nine, No Strings Attached, which is a reference to Che Diaz's commitment issues (laughs) and Lily Goldenblatt's tampon string. Oh, I didn't Um, clock the tampon string thing. Oh, Dylan. Oh, I know. I'm so bad. (laughs) Do you know why you didn't clock it? Because there was no voiceover. Yeah, well... Carrie Bradshaw, in the olden days, Carrie Bradshaw would have seen you right. Yeah. She would have said, meanwhile, another girl was struggling with a different kind of string. Or like, while Seema's dating hopes went down, something else was going up. The cut to Lily inserting a tampon. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, we, we miss you. We miss you, Carrie Bradshaw's <laughs> internal monologue. Dylan. Yes. What happened this week? Where's your little pot of synopsis? So, um, Seema and Carrie uh, go out dancing or try to go out dancing. Um, and Seema is sort of encouraging or like, I think Carrie is kind of inspired by Seema to like put herself out there a bit more um, and get back to like, back, get back to life a little bit. Um, meanwhile, Charlotte and Lily, Lily is on full devil child behavior this week and i was really here for it and I... she's pre-menstrual dylan <laughs> oh yeah shit that's gonna sound really misogynistic um <laughs> uh, but you know what i mean we know lily is the devil child um she well we know she's out to ruin carrie's life yeah, yeah we know that she was born under a cursed star yeah. yeah um so lily yeah lily's period um lots of lots of stuff about lily's period 
Um, <laughs> we very briefly meet a man who Anthony's who Anthony's dating. Um, <laughs> well, he needs. Well, we'll talk about him. He needs his own special moment. I mean, yeah. Um, LTW is back. We've got all the characters this week. They all kind of, with the exception of I think Che, all the characters arrive at this women's shelter to help mm-hmm. out. Um, which was really nice. We'll get to this, but I thought um, they should have a mistake that they've made is not bringing everyone together more. Um, Gossip mm. Girl had loads of characters, but without pretty much without fail, at the end of every episode, they would all come together at like an event or like a party. A cotillion. A cotillion. Do I know what a cotillion <laughs> is? No, but I know you'd all get there in the Act Three. <laughs> exactly, a benefit. <laughs> <laughs> a benefit or a cot- maybe that's what a cotillion is yeah american listeners or anyone <laughs> french <laughs> listeners the fuck is a cotillion <laughs> and this is on a postcard um and yeah miranda and che uh are dating and navigating yes. have i missed anyone although che says you're not my girlfriend we are not dating yes but but they are yeah. and we'll we'll come we'll come to that uh-huh. um so yeah, there's, there's there's all there's a lot going on. There is actually. Some might say <laughs> too, too much. much. Yes. Which yeah. we'll 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 get to because I think um, it's funny in in a beautiful podcast synergy. I've just come from our Acast stablemate, um, Deborah Francis White's podcast. Oh, amazing! Um, I love Deborah. Um, the Guilty Feminist has also been watching, um, and just like that, um, and Deborah was on our podcast a couple yeah. of weeks ago. And so yeah, so we've we've done we've done swapsies. So I've already discussed this episode once. So I not only am very warmed up, I come to you very warm this week, but also I've maybe I've already done the intellectual lap yeah. around this episode. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see what you think as well. Um let's start off with Carrie, who manages to get 40 minutes this week out of her wedding ring. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was very Carrie um, when the scene where she like where it falls down the drain and she like fr- that was such a Carrie freak out when she was like oh my god yeah. oh, and like sort of like falling over and like it was just so extra. Um, I need Tommy Durr, Tommy Durr as a woman in a women's refuge just trying like- to escape abuse and hearing Carrie Bradshaw screaming Steve, my Steve my ring. ring. Oh my shoes, my shoes, <laughs> got paid for my shoes. Although she has... She has grown a little bit because when it was Steve's fault that her shoes went in the pain and she didn't mm. freak out at Steve. Do you know what? She was like, oh, don't worry. She was actually like, don't worry. I was shocked. She was like, don't worry. It's not your fault. I was like, oh my God. Who she is chose to wear those shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And do you know what? Carrie would wear those shoes to paint a women's, <laughs> women's refuge. So. No human <laughs> would choose to wear those shoes to do DIY. But they're trolling us now. And so that's why I'm not going to mention. I'm not doing it. Right. Okay. A lesser podcast would have nurtured on her doing DIY in six inch platform heels. Yeah. I'm not rising, rising to it, it, HBO. Um, we are rising above it. Something I am interested in uh, your take on, because I think you mm. won't be so sure about this one. LTW's painting outfit is oh. my favourite fashion moment from And Just Like That. Oh! <laughs> oh! Why is there a little makeup brush in one of the pockets? I had a feeling that we would differ on this one. The boots, the platform boots, the sunglasses. I was here for it. I enjoyed it. Oh, See, that to me is my least favourite outfit I've ever seen on a human. I would rather she'd rocked up in Christina Aguilera's 
leather chaps. I mean, I think. that would have been amazing as well. That's also a mood, actually. Um, so, this Carrie and Peter plot. Yeah. Shall I tell you why I'm finding it hard to care? Yeah. It's because... Right, so I think, actually, let's let's do my, my big bugbear now, which is, this is a 40-minute sitcom. Mm-hmm. This week, we have, including plot threads for threads, no strings attached. So we've got plots for Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, Lily, Rock, Harry, Steve, Che, LTW, LQW's husband has several kids, Andre, Naya. Yeah, fucking hell. Who else have I missed? Peter, Peter the teacher, Anthony, Anthony's new boyfriend. So we're up to 13. (laughs) Lisette. So we're up to 13 or 14 sort of speaking characters. It's getting really hard for anyone to really learn, grow, move, evolve. Mm. Because it's so bite-sized. It's so snacky. And what do we know about Peter? He's a teacher who pukes. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So if you think, so, so I want to compare him to, can you remember the episode in season three where Carrie dates the alcoholic yeah. who she meets outside an AA? Yeah. In 25 minutes, because that's when the episodes were shorter, in 25 minutes, I felt like we got a really good understanding of that male character. Yeah, Patrick. I can still remember his name. Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. What? Why is it that after Peter has been in two longer episodes, we know nothing about him? I had him? to look up his name, because I, I couldn't I did remember. Um, mm. it's, yeah, you're, you're right. And it's interesting. And I'm, I'm wondering... Um, this is just me kind of thinking aloud. <laughs> That's what podcasts are. Um, I was, um, I, um, as you were saying that, I thought it's interesting, an interesting difference between the original and this and, 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 and just like that is the original was a lot more monster of the week, wasn't it? They had mm-hmm. overarching storylines, like obviously her relationship with Big, but it was much more confined. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like it was much more yeah. confined to each episode, whereas this is overarching. And it's actually, like you said, with the amount of characters, it's getting hard to keep track, which is not good considering it's only nine episodes, ten episodes long. Um, and I think we're it, losing that track. It's cr- it's created a monster as well because now the problem is, so you know they've brought in these extra characters, but and I'm particularly thinking of the characters of color. So let let's do the the new women plus Che. So there's Che, LTW, Naya, and and Seema. because they're not really doing anything particularly interesting we keep on sort of reasserting the same points mm. like i don't know if you've picked up on it but naya doesn't want a kid and her husband does <laughs> yeah. it's been mentioned somewhat and like no i mean it's if it's been mentioned once it's been mentioned 73 times yeah. but the weirdest he keeps saying it in public places like does he have fertility Tourette's or something you know? what's frustrating like, is it babe just, we're painting what's Chill. frustrating is it just hasn't developed that's that's mm. like it's just the same thing but it can't because we've also got we're spinning so many plates and there's so much going on that it's very very hard to focus mm. um and and it's quite frustrating so, so then you, you have to spend a lot of time obviously with with carrie because she's the main character um but this week you know not a lot really happens for carrie um yeah 
but it's it's kind of there's there's so much going on around her that it feels like no one character is getting particularly well developed. And I think it's huge credit to Sarita Chowdhury that remember she had three episodes less than the others as well. That actually of the new characters, I feel I know Seema the most. Totally, yeah. Even though arguably she's had the least to do. I mean, I mean, let's even think about Che. Who? What do we really know about Che? They are polyamorous. They like weed. They run a podcast. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That that is literally it. I feel like I know. You're right. Seema's the one who I feel like I know. She's she's the one who slipped in the most organically for sure. Um, and, and I think that's, I mean, helps along by the fact we've met her family as well, which is a really quick shorthand is to meet the parents because you get, you can, we all have parents, we can all relate. So, but also the fact that I think Sarita Chowdhury is knocked out of the park yeah. as well. I think that sort of laid back chic, yeah. um, very poised kind of, I think is really, really wonderful. Um, and yeah, and, and it's interesting to me as well that she did have, she came in in episode four. So she had three episodes less than the rest of them. So we've actually only known her for five weeks. I read a really, um, um, I saw a really sweet interview with her. I forget where it was published, where she said that she um, literally, they had to do like 20 takes in her first shoot because they were all sitting, it was her sitting with the three of them around the table. Mm. And she was a huge, oh, wow. yeah, she was a huge Sex in the City fan. And she said that she like literally couldn't speak for like, because it was so surreal. <laughs> like imagine, um, so they had to do like 20 takes with her. Um, but yeah, she's great. Do you know what I think um, would have been better? And this is just my opinion mm. as someone who doesn't really like have a huge knowledge on how, I have a bit of knowledge, but I don't have a huge amount of knowledge on how TV, TV production works. But I think that it would have worked much better with just Seema as the main as as the main new character, and then I completely understand, uh, and it's totally valid them wanting to have a more diverse cast. So have Carrie's great love. I would have loved that to have been played by a black actor. Um, yeah. Carrie's next great love, and then I think that would have been perfect. The way and the way I could, we, you know, just before we came on air, we were talking about Euphoria, yes. a show which has an incredibly diverse cast, mm. but not once do they talk about the diversity. Yes. And I think in writing 101, you know, you call this show Don't Tell. There was a way for Sex and the City slash and just like that to be inclusive without needing to keep telling us mm. how inclusive they are. You know, Miranda te- literally telling us that she helped out with kind of like Black Lives Matter and, and helping refugees. You don't tell us, show us. And the way that you show us is by including those characters meaningfully in their lives. Yeah. The, the problem is with introducing three new women of colour and not really developing any one of them, and I think I said this last week, is this is what is going to lead critics to say they're being tokenist. Mm, yeah. to, say that, to say that they didn't have characters in mind they just needed some people of colour. Yeah. Let, let's cast some. Quick, let's cast a trans person quick. That is damning, you know, and, but I think you're probably, you might be right. Um, but well-meaning. And I yeah. don't think this comes from a place of cynicism. Of I think it comes from from a place of particularly the car cast and, and it, you know, Miranda. Cynthia Nixon has said that, you know, she wouldn't have come back if, if Miranda didn't get some sort of queer storyline. Right. It was almost one of her caveats. So, um, you know, that's that's fair. And and actually, it's interesting that Che 
Che feels way more organic, I think, than than some of the others as well. Yeah, totally. Because because you know Carrie's new colleague, and then the connection to Samantha means that they feel um, slightly more embedded. And yeah, there was there was a way of doing it. You know, we could have had, um, you know, to keep it those three core characters of Miranda, Charlotte, and Carrie, but then. And I, th- I think you're right. It's about it's going to be about their love interests, and um, but the, the, I li- I like them all. I either like LTW. I know that we didn't love the tennis, but I do. I love. I just love that she's rich as fuck, and she's not afraid to be rich as fuck. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I the, the, they've created a problem for themselves yeah. by doing this. And I think this is kind of what's led to it being a very crunchy hit and miss season, mm. which is good news. I mean, I really, really hope that we get a second season. I wish with all my heart we get a second mm. season because then by then, at least they've been there a while. So we're a bit more familiar with them and we can we can get to know them. We can get to know them. I mean, don't, let's not forget we've had 20 years to get to know the others. And, and I mean, if... Sex and the City had finished at the end of season one. Yeah. Would we have much of a grasp on Charlotte yeah. in particular? No, I, I don't think we would know Charlotte all that well. Good so. point. Um, yeah, I remember being frustrated, and it's another it's another good example of how like they've just they've got too many plates spinning when um, mm. they said that yeah when the the thing about the women's shelter came up like Miranda mentioned mm. it that her and Naya were doing this thing with the women's shelter and i was like why didn't we see that storyline like why did we watch charlotte and ltw playing tennis but we didn't see charlotte we didn't see Miranda and Naya opening a women's shelter which is like super interesting and cool and would have been awesome to see i don't know yeah um, a, lot, a lot going on and I think it stems from having this more diverse writers room mm. and they've obviously got a lot of voices in that room and they're clearly very keen to put those voices on screen as well so that that's why you have these conversations about sort of polyamory trans kids and um, black lives matter which are which are really really good but again if I refer us back to white lotus or euphoria even Emily in Paris shows which are diverse but don't need to tell us because they're showing us yeah you know and showing us you know people of color in positions of authority showing us trans people having romantic love lives um again just just show us yeah you don't need to tell us um so i mean i don't know i don't know if there's much of a conversation to be had about carrie um in that by, by the end of the episode she does take off um her wedding rings Possibly as a symbolic sign that she's ready to move on. Um, next week's obviously amazingly next week's the last one. We come to the end of the series yeah. next week, um, and so I guess next week's going to be a really big one for Carrie, which is why I wonder if this one was slightly more muted for her. Muted I did have because... a nice uh, something positive. <laughs> um, a nice thought when her and Seema were queuing for the nightclub. Um, mm-hmm. It was... Carrie would have definitely been on the list. Yeah, she... go, go yeah for sure. Um, that's that's a good point. Um, but I think, but it was nice to see, uh, and you don't, you never see it. Um, older people on a TV show like going out partying and like no jokes about it. They were just like, we want to go dancing. Mm. Um, yeah. And it made me think. Like I think the stigma around that has lessened um, since maybe the nineties and noughties. Mm. Oh, ageism is not cute. Yeah, I mean, especially especially the best you know, 
when I sort of graduated from nights like GAY, <laughs> which has super, super u- youthful, a youthful the nursery vibe. slopes. Grad- <laughs> gra- graduating to clubs like much more inclusive and just lovely nights at things like the RVT, like Push the Button yeah. and Ducky. I'm going to Push the Button then tonight. You- oh, I'm also going clubbing tonight. If you're in Bognor Regis tonight, oh, you'll yes. see a 40 year old woman in the club. Oh, yeah. Um, Although I will be wearing flat shoes because <laughs> I've been clubbing before. Um, so yeah, no, it's... Do you, know, do you know that didn't even cross my mind that I'm a 40-year-old going down <laughs> tonight? Because I'm just like, if anybody's got a problem with that, that makes me feel really sad. Yeah, for that. For that twink who doesn't know that. I'll tell you what's coming to that twink. The ageing process. <laughs> yes, it comes to us all. <laughs> like death, she glides to us all. So just think, that person you're making fun of <sighs> is you in 50. Um, but I like to think it... I do think it has got better, actually. Uh, on the gay scene as well. Um, yeah. I think it's got I better. mean, if I, heard, if I heard some kids saying that now, I'd be like, babe! Yeah, <laughs> Like, chill. Hun, like, yeah. you sad little creature. <laughs> um, because... With age comes experience and responsibility. So if you're an older person, you should tell a twink to fuck off this weekend. Did I tell you about the twink um, who verbally abused me in the queue for heaven once? (laughs) No, but I hope you're going to tell us now. I I am. I was wearing like, um, it was a fashion phase, which I'm still slightly in, of wearing like Mm -hmm. big floaty sort of linen shirts with skinny jeans and fuckloads of jewellery and a bit of eyeliner. And this little twink Mm. in a top man t-shirt went strutting past with all his little mean girlfriends and like turned around to me and said, Russell Brand called, he wants his look back. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, burn. Ooh, burn. Amazing. (laughs) Like, I love. (laughs) What did you say? I think I was just like shocked, but I like fully enjoyed, I was in the sort of mood where I was like, that has made, like I fully enjoyed it. It was hilarious. Oh, because that's the kind of thing that's the kind of moment where you'd think of the most devastating comeback like we, 20 minutes yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Kind of like, <laughs> cool, but be sure to send your clothes back to H from Stats yeah, or something. something. Yeah. Or like there's like, plenty more wet look gel where that came from or something. <laughs> <laughs> well done, brava, brava. Um, um, let's take a little break because again, um, poor Steve, mm. trademark. Um, the unlikely hero of season one, mm. Paul Steve, um, gets some dialogue this week. So let's discuss it. See you in a sec. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, welcome back to I'm Just Like That. And this week we are talking about episode nine, No Strings Attached. Um, Caroline's had a quiet one. Um, So let's talk once more about um, Miranda Hobbs versus Steve Brady. Mm. I think Um, we did slightly get justice for Steve this week. Slightly, although I'll tell you who we haven't had any justice for is Brady Hobbs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who, who is not to have an opinion about his mother's late in life revelation. Yeah. Ginks, there's no room. There's no room. Okay, there's another two characters Brady and his sometimes mute girlfriend. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, when he appeared, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> she has a son. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who literally has not got an opinion about the fact his mother is now dating a non-binary stand-up comedian. <laughs> you know, these like, things happen. It's 2022. <laughs> um, yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> so, I mean, this this is, again, if you're going to do it, for God's sake, make sure you've got room. And I, mm. do you know what this, this, what this boils down to is that I'm still really fuming that Miranda decided not to be an alcoholic four weeks ago and it hasn't been mentioned since. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen a few things online about, like, rightly, people, people mm. calling that out, for sure. Um, do you know what I need? <laughs> Just say again, if, like, if the gods of HBO are listening to this, I do love it. I do. I'm very critical. I'm I'm very critical. But I am still jumping out of bed on a Thursday at 8am, making a cup of tea and my little pl- pile of toast. Oh, yeah, I watch like, it. I, sit, I watch it. Yeah, I, I, I sit, like, really close up to the TV as well because I can't be bothered to put my glasses on. Okay. So I'm literally sat, like, that little fucking girl in the poltergeist sat in front of the TV okay. just being possessed by this. So it's not that I'm not enjoying it. It's just I have many frustrations one of which is the duty of care to some of the characters. Right. And I and I think I can see you young, diverse writers being like, and she's a college lecturer and she's trying for a kid, but then she decides she doesn't want kids. Mm. And like her husband's a super cool musician. Yeah. And she and Miranda talk about Black Lives Matter, but then she gets mugged by Chucky on the subway. <laughs> and I just wish somebody would said, love that journey for you, but we need to deal with Steve first. <laughs> right. We can't give we can't give a whole bunch of time to a character that no one really gives a shit about <laughs> until we've actually resolved one plot. Yeah. And I, and I really think that's what's happened. The new characters are shiny and new, exciting, creative. The new writers wanting to put their stamp on the series. 
And so characters like Steve and Brady and Harry... Mm, a bit dry for them, yeah. A bit dry. Well, just non-existent. Never mind dry. Yeah. It's not there. Um, so yeah, so Steve, Steve and Carrie, they did have a moment. It was really cool to see those two playing off each other. Because I always used to enjoy those two playing off each other in the olden days. Yeah. Like, can you remember um, when Miranda's pregnant and she hasn't told Steve yet? And Steve comes over because he needs to take a leak while they're playing basketball. Yeah. And there's like that kind of like, there's always been that slight, those two, they have nothing in common. They would never be friends. He's a bartender. She's a sex columnist. You know. Can I make it it any more obvious? (laughs) Can I? (laughs) Well, exactly. So they wouldn't, but I quite like the fact that they've been in each other's lives for a really long time. And you know what? Like it's, it might be, maybe it's testament to maybe the two actors just have good chemistry, Mm. but I believe that they're friends. Like, and that's really sweet because like a a surest sign of a really close friendship is when you like make friends with their partner as well. The the problem that I had with the big conversation with Steve and Carrie is that I got really excited because I thought finally Steve might get cross because their surfer conversation last week he was surprisingly chill and and now he's in a place of i guess denial or confusion but then what what kind of annoyed me is after the shoe goes in the paint and she we've got the whole ring down the plug hole situation then when they do come back to the conversation it kind of wasn't really about money it was more about carrying her fucking ring Mm. and so we didn't really get much resolution or Steve getting to the bottom of it, which is, yeah, Miranda, Miranda was carrying on with Che for quite some time before she told you, actually. And, you know, is Steve mad? Is he angry? You know, when he had an indiscretion all those years ago, Miranda threw him out. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that, the, hasn't, and been, feel, that hasn't been brought up. No. Yeah. I think, was it mentioned in, like, episode two? Or something? Perhaps. I don't know. Maybe it was mentioned briefly, but not in any meaningful way. Yeah. So that one, that again made me quite sad for Steve. I liked that Steve misgendered Che. Yes. So and that I. might that might be a weird thing for a trans person to say, but one of the things that hasn't quite run true for me is how enormously open-minded everyone has been to Che. Yes. Earlier in the season, Anthony accused Rock of going through a phase. Yeah. And yet that rings true, because I'll tell you what, the first thing anybody says when, oh, like, somebody's asked to be called a different name is, mm, are, are they just, you know, are they just doing it for attention? Right. Or is it just a phase? So that, while politically incorrect, felt truthful. And Steve not knowing how to refer to Che or trying to wrap his head around that what, what that means for Miranda's sexuality feels to me somewhat more truthful yeah. than Charlotte being like, oh, I would definitely sleep with Che Diaz, mm. which was like... Sure, Jan. <laughs> That's very Charlotte, that meme. Um, yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. And it's like I said when we were talking a couple of episodes ago about Charlotte and Harry uh, chatting to Rock's teachers and like Harry's mm. confusion. I think it's really important to be realistic in portraying things yeah. like that because it helps people understand more. What did Steve say? He said, um, I didn't know Miranda was into women or something. Yeah. And then Carrie's like, oh, I think she's just into Che. Um, che. Yeah. So, yeah, that was good. Um, che. Yeah, I, I, I like that conversation a lot. I just, when, when the foot went in the paint, I was like, no, <laughs> don't stop it there. We were just getting to the good stuff. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Um, che. Yeah, so Che and Miranda. Yeah, this, this storyline 
had an odd trajectory. I think this one felt a little bit worked. Yeah. In that, I wonder if the original plotline was to have Miranda sort of freak out about Che's polyamory and someone kind of nixed it because they were like, oh no, we don't want Charlotte to seem not woke for a second. Um, because, so we start off with them in the diner. So we never get any resolution to the cliffhanger from last week. Fuck knows what happened in Cleveland. Yeah, like... Was Che happy to see Miranda? And at first Who I, can say? At first I was like, are they in Cleveland? And then I was like, no, Ooh. they're not in Cleveland. And yeah, it turns out we were wrong because we both, and I think a lot of other people as well from, from reactions online, thought it was going to be a disaster and they would break up. But no, they're clipping along quite nicely. So, so we're in the diner... A young couple, some more trans representation, ha, yeah. um, comes over and they reveal that Che is has multiple partners, mm. which we've established, so that's that's cute. Um, and Miranda seems a bit funny about it, but then the plot line doesn't go there. Although then Miranda tries to surprise Che with some cookies. Now, was Miranda trying to catch Che in the act? Because that wasn't made clear. Or genuinely, is she... Again, do you know how I've been saying many, many times that a voiceover from Carrie would really help us to understand some of the motivation? Yeah. So was was the plot here that both Lily and Miranda are behaving like teenage girls? Oh, maybe. Is, is that the plot? Is that the connection? Because like all that stuff later as well, when Miranda doesn't reply to Cher's texts and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, like behaving like kind of like a... Sort of like a teenager and so i think that's kind of the message which is che has awakened something in miranda something very girlish and something very kind of youthful that she hasn't felt in a really long time is the plot that she's worried about the polyamory or that she or is the plot that her enthusiasm is going to put che off because che is commitment phobic so it's very hard to see where this one's going yeah but then on the staircase, Che does say, or late later in the episode, there's a it's a bit of a come down because Che actually says, Well, I'm not seeing anybody else but you. So actually Miranda kind of gets her monogamy in a way. Mm. So if if the storyline is is Miranda gonna be polyamorous? Are we are we building towards a space where Miranda is in an open marriage? Mm. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know because it's not very clear. That open marriage, that's a good call, actually. Maybe that could mm. happen. I can see that, like, or maybe they're well, being... Well, Steve has said now he's not going to take his ring off, which I thought was a bit sad. Yeah. Um, And also, like, I'm kind of thinking there's so much going on. We've only got one episode left. Mm. How is it... How are they going to do it? <laughs> How are they going to resolve everything? I'm nervous. <laughs> um, mm. As as has been one of my overarching emotions throughout the whole of And Just Like That, one of my main feelings associated with it is anxiety, <laughs> which is, like, not great. <laughs> um, but I just watched the whole thing sort of like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Is someone going to be racist? Is someone going to piss? Is <laughs> What's going to happen? But... I am thoroughly entertained. I will say that for it. Every time. Are you not entertained? Every time yes. I'm entertained. Um, yeah. Mm. It was nice. It was nice to see menstruation on telly. Yes. Again, a little, little bit of show, don't tell. I think we, Sex and the City, 
was ahead of the curve. We had Samantha having her period all over that gross man's Egyptian cotton Oh, sheets. yeah, that was fab. We had Carrie not getting her period when she feared she was pregnant. Yeah. We had um, the menopause mentioned a couple of times by Samantha once when she does fuck the horrible old neighbour. And then in Sex and the City 2, the film that doesn't exist, because... Um, She's fending off the menopause with all kinds of pills and sweet potatoes and all sorts. Um, so this is not a show that was scared of menstruation, but I think this this was them really making a statement, which is why do we never talk about menstruation? Why do we never see menstruation? Um, so again, like a lot of things in Unjust Like That, we're going to know about it because they're going to tell us. They're going to tell us about menstruation. To be fair, I learned things... I didn't know any of that when Charlotte said, um, you're not supposed to be able to feel it. If you can feel it, then you're doing it wrong. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. And then when she said to put it at a certain angle, I didn't know that either. Assuming Charlotte is a reliable uh, is a reliable source. Um, but yeah, and um, I thought it was cute. Like it was really funny when Lily was like freaking out because she had a pool party um, and uh-huh. she had a period. That was cute. Um, it's, I mean, it is a sign. The fact that it's never spoken about and actually, for all it's for all it's kind of for as much as we've recommended Euphoria, I've I've never seen any of those kids in Euphoria talk about their period mm. that I can remember. Maybe in season one, I don't know. Um, and it is a big thing; it's a big deal. I mean, we don't have a room in the room today, mm. but you know, I grew up around women, and you know, <laughs> I don't want to divulge too much about my sister's menstruation, but you know. Th- <laughs> That it was something we talked about a lot as a household nice. because there was some issues. There were some issues, and she was quite late starting and, right. and things. You know, so, so it, for any cisgender girl, or remember, not all people who menstruate are women, yeah. and not all women menstruate. Yeah, little voiceover. But you know, for people who menstruate, it's a big fucking deal. Actually, yeah. you know, it is something that really is a rite of passage in so many ways. And for me, it was a rite of passage as well because. There was it was never more obvious that I was not a cisgender girl than when every every one of my peers around me mm. started having these secret hushed conversations. Yeah. So my friends were always girls. So I was surrounded by girls in middle school. And when we got to kind of year six, seven, eight, obviously girls started menstruating, and it became this secret that I was closed out of. And it was a really big sign that you do, you this is not your tribe, mm. kind of. And obviously I found that incredibly triggering and, and, you know, it was very, a very sad time for me when I realised I wasn't going to grow up in the way that all the rest of my friends were going to grow yeah. up. And that's the thing now, you know, it's kind of no trans woman can avoid the fact that, you know, we can't have kids. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's whether you want kids or not, it's definitely, it's definitely a defining feature of anybody's life. And and that's why it's so weird that it's so rarely talked about on television. And the reason it's so rarely talked about on television is because of the people at the top, and that is men, mm. and they find it distasteful. Mm. Yeah. Although, actually, I was once asked, I'm not going to say which book, I was once asked to take menstruation out of one of my YA novels by a female editor. Interesting. Because she said it wasn't aspirational. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it might not be, babe, but I can tell you what, it's unavoidable. Um, <laughs> also, so it's literally not aspirational my... for her. Like, you know, some people... Yeah, that was... I was surprised. I remember at the time being surprised, but it was before I transitioned. And 
And I felt like I don't really have a leg to stand on. I don't think I can argue mm. this now. I would have dug my heels. Oh, in. totally. Um, oh, 100%. The, the one show that you're right, like it's certainly not talked about enough, but the one show that springs to mind as an amazing thing is the original Sex in the City and also uh-huh. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Um, so it's this, for listeners who don't know, it's like a musical comedy uh, dramedy on Netflix and the main character like sings songs to narrate like various points in her life and she's got a song called period sex where she enjoys having sex on her period and it's just amazing <laughs> and of course i may destroy you michaela cole with oh her blood gosh pot. yes notably but yes. We've, there's no going back there's no going back now you know that and Again, it's interesting comparing that episode of I May Destroy You where she's just like, oh, it's a bit of period blood uh-huh. to compared to this episode of And Just Like That where we literally had a tutorial, a tutorial yes. of how to insert a tampon. <laughs> um, again, subtlety. But um, <laughs> I think that there's no going back. I think I, I've certainly noticed in my day job in publishing as well that that certainly in the last two or three years the, there's been a swathe of books published about periods and mm, why great. why aren't we talking about periods and period and and all kinds of books about menstruation because it is it is it's an inevitable part of life for about half the population <laughs> of the planet. Yeah. So um, there's no turning back, and it and it feel it feels right that Sex and the City tackled it, tackled it front and indeed back. <laughs> yeah. Um. So um, I, I was I was glad to see it, but again. We a lot of the episode was about that. Yeah, you know, Bra- Brady doesn't have an opinion, but we had a good eighteen minutes of Lily, Lily, Charlotte, men- menopause. Because I think if this if this show wasn't talking about menopause, it has failed. It has fundamentally yes. failed. If we if we're going to be discussing the lives of fifty something women, then my God, you'd you'd better talk about. I liked the that. Menopause. Um, I liked that little bit of dialogue about menopause. Actually, I thought it was very uh-huh. like. Well, a, a rarity, as we've just said, Fran, just like that. It was a little bit more subtle. Um, uh-huh. And they were all just sort of casually chatting about it. Like, it wasn't a huge deal, and I liked that. Um, mm. Yeah. It was good. It was okay. Um, let's, let's, shall we finish with the, the Anthony moment, which was <laughs> so small, so unexpected, yes. and, and so funny, but... It did air yes. on Holocaust Day. I know. In fact, one of our listeners messaged and made that point. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't because I did laugh out loud. Like I kind of screamed. So did I. But but it, and I did think it was a curse. <laughs> I get out. So to, to G it up, if you of course you watched the episode, but of course we we had a little bit of a build up. Sharla asks if Anthony's new date is family friendly. And Anthony says, "Yeah, I see. I see no signs." I haven't seen his he dick walks online. In the door. <laughs> yeah, he walks in the door. Um, Charlotte mentions the challah bread, and then he says, "Oh, it's not a Jewish dinner, is it?" And then he immediately claims that the Holocaust is a fiction. To which, without missing a beat, Anthony Marantino just screams at the top of his lungs, "Get out!" Which is exactly what any of us should do yeah. if somebody attempts to deny the Holocaust. Um, but I mean, it's just so, it's just so typical when when I because I didn't clock it until one of our listeners um, told me. And let me just um, thank credit her quickly, um, Bex. Thank you, Bex, for bringing that to my thanks, attention. Thanks, Bex. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, and it's just so typical of this show that it aired on <laughs> Holocaust Memorial Day. On like, International Holocaust Memorial Day. Of course Day. it did. Like, I mean, this show is just, it keeps putting its foot in it, doesn't it? <laughs> Have you seen the thing about the Russians? Russians are boycotting it. Why? Because Seema made a comment when her and Carrie were leaning out of the window, um, looking at Lisette and her neighbours. Seema mm. said, oh, it's probably a Russian prostitute. And now loads of Russians are boycotting and just like that. With like hashtags, oh. Me Too Russian. I like that. I like that Anthony Marantino is resisting political correctness. Because yeah. we all know them. And um, yes, I also true. think as well, we can we, we all look forward to the Anthony Marantino gets cancelled episode. <laughs> yeah. It's in the pipeline. It's coming, kids. Yeah. Um, so we've got that to look forward to. So I did, I did scream. <laughs> but then... That's unfortunate timing, but I, I think that you know those people are out there. Yeah. Those kind of chemtrails, Holocaust denial, PizzaGate, anti-vaxxers, and there is there's anti-vaxxers, and there is only one acceptable response: <laughs> get out. Yeah. So, um, I I respect I respect, and just like that's incredibly no nonsense approach to bullshit. And the reason um, it was so funny was because there was like a build up. And I mm. thought there was going to be... You knew something was going to happen, obviously. But I thought it was going to be a really long, drawn-out, awkward dinner. So for it to then just end that quickly, I was like, this is very funny to me. Um, I enjoyed it. I wonder... I, I Sometimes I, I can't stop thinking about what would have happened had Willie Garson not passed, where where that plot thread was going. Um, mm. Obviously, now no, nobody's mentioning Stanford anymore. He's he's as forgotten as Samantha. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've we've been... Not, we've not heard that name for a few weeks as well. Yeah. You know, I don't think she's appearing next week, No, Dylan. I know. I I'm need just to... going to float that one up. I need yeah. to let go. Yeah, so listeners, I was saying to... I messaged Juno yesterday when I watched the episode saying that I thought she was going to... When LTW's limo pulls up and everyone's like, who's that? I was like, oh my God, it's Samantha. But it wasn't. So I need to just... We we worked ourselves into a, a frenzy about a it, frenzy. didn't we? A frenzy. It's, I mean, if it happens, I will die. Like, I will stop living. <laughs> but I think, yeah, we've, a week before the final, yes. I don't, don't see it happening. No. Although, did, are you an Emily in Paris fan, Dylan? Did you notice Seema's new boyfriend is Monsieur Renoir from Emily in Paris? Oh, really? So, I we're did... now in the extended Darren Star universe now. <laughs> I did recognise him. Darren Star doesn't have anything to do with Anne just like that, does he? No, but I mean, to be fair, he didn't have anything to do with Sex and City Beyond Series 3. Uh-huh. But of course, he will always be created by right, Darren course. Star. Whereas I don't think I'm just like that has any credit. Mm. I don't think. It, well, it's, it does say created by Darren Star. Um, oh, there you go then. Which well, made me, but that, and that's what made me think like, oh, he hasn't like written or directed or done any no. of them. Um, um, I, I don't know. I wonder if there was like a creative difference between him and Sarah Jessica, but... Yeah, he's had nothing to do with it for a really long time, whereas he is much more involved with Emily in Paris. Mm. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. Apparently, there are only so many French actors in the world. <laughs> yeah. But I like, in my mind, he's the same character. And we are now looking at an epic Sex in the City, Emily in Paris crossover, which, of course, opens the door for Emily once she has finished stressing out the people of Paris <laughs> to arrive in New York. And piss off New Yorkers as well. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'd be able to handle that. <laughs> no, I can't stop watching. It's, it is ridiculous. <laughs> but it's Patricia Field on costume duty. Oh, yeah, amazing. So the costumes are ridiculous. Amazing. But also it has, I will say this, 
it's a French cliche, but it has a joie de vivre, oh. which I'm just like that could do with, <laughs> right. actually. You know, it's, it's about this incredible Pollyanna who moves to Paris oh. and she skips around the cobbled streets of Paris in five inch heels, being dull eyed mm. and innocent, not speaking a word of French. <laughs> uh, and and we're, we're meant to believe that the people of Paris, she eventually melts their hearts so there is that kind of, there's a real Carrie Bradshaw vibe to her in that there's that kind of weird orphan Annie vibe mm. of kind of like child woman skipping around a city. I remember I watched the very first episode and she met someone and he was like, oh, I'm from Normandy. And she was like, oh, like D-Day. <laughs> that was like, Jesus Christ. Yes, that, like, <laughs> yes. If you if you imagine that, like, yeah, some, someone who... That says that. A six-year-old girl <laughs> trapped in the body of a woman... <laughs> Um, yeah. Who, yeah, it's 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 an interesting companion piece. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'll say this: Martin's more fun than Under Like Now. But um, but they're doing different things. They've evolved. One of them is a half-hour sitcom, and the other one now is much more into its kind of drama leaning. Yes. So, what are our predictions okay. then for the end? <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell you because it's so all over the place. I mean. <laughs> Do, is this Peter guy getting another shot? Do we care? We don't really know anything about him. Maybe there's a twist where it turns out he killed his wife. Oh my god! And he's like a he's like a serial killer who prowls for women um, on dating apps and then murders them. <laughs> we, well, we so okay. Something we know is we know Paris. Oh my god! Carrie goes to Paris. <gasps> Maybe we get the crossover. Maybe Carrie is skipping, skipping through Paris in her heels when Lily Collins skips out of a different archway and they just collide in the middle. And they're like, oh my God. And that would be, that would be really cool. Um, so we know she goes to Paris. Originally, we know that Chris Nurse was due to appear yeah. as, as Carrie scatters, scatters Big's ashes yeah. um, in the Seine. But now <laughs> that's not happening. Um, yeah, so, so maybe that whole is... Paris scene has been cut because I maybe imagine... they cut the whole Paris thing. Maybe they've just left it. Yeah. Um, although if she's in Paris, Samantha's just in London. Yeah. Oh, that would be such a cop out. If if Carrie and Samantha are reunited off screen, so like if Samantha's like, "Hey, if you're just in Paris, come to London." Oh, that will fuck me. And up. that's that would be the worst. That will that really really irritate me. Or the back of the back of some blonde woman's head, <laughs> kind of wearing vintage Mugler with just the blonde hair Maybe some and the little dog. Yeah. Is the dog still alive? The dog could still be it alive. Could still be alive. Yeah. Um, um, mm. The horny dog. Um, but in terms of Che and Miranda, I don't know. I kind of, as much as I love Che and I do, it feels a bit easy. Like, did any of us end up with the person that we first? Shagged in Carrie's kitchen. Mm. Like, I don't know if I buy that. Yeah. If, if I buy that, it's as easy as sometimes in life, you know, you meet someone and you're obsessed with them and you have mind-blowing sex and then you end up together. It would be but, great if, it would be great if um it ended with Che being like, it's very clear to me that you need to do some soul searching and some exploring. And I'm really happy that I was here for you when you started to do that. But now you need to go out and do it more with other people and figure out what's going on in your life. That would be just good. Just feels Che's a bit too perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Che, yeah. che is too good to be true. And 
you know, we said it in earlier episodes, is Che a bad influence? And is, is actually Che a bit of a fuck though? Mm. And I'm yeah. more interested in that than I am yeah. of Che being like Miranda's mentor in both political correctness and the gender non-binaries. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I would be, I want to see a slightly darker side, I think, to Che. And I'm sure Sarah Ramirez would want that as well. Yeah. Um, presumably Andre and Naya are heading for Splitsville. Yes. Um, well, they kind of did split up in this, basically split up in this episode, mm. didn't they? But again, it's very hard to tell because there was so much going on <laughs> around them. Um, yeah. And then Charlotte, Harry, Rock, Lily. I don't know because we've not had Rock mentioned for a while. Um, the thing is, there's, there's not really less of an arc for Charlotte this year. Yeah, there's not really anything to resolve for Charlotte. Like, there's not any big resolute. Like, she seems fine with the kids. Like, there's, there's some little ups and downs, but it's fine. Yeah. Like, it's all fine, really. Maybe she finds cancer in Harry's dick. Oh my god, <laughs> that would that'd be quite the twist, wouldn't it? I Lily. S- I did find cancer. I saw someone tweeted being like, um, knowing this show, I wouldn't be surprised if it just ended with the three leads getting run over by a Snapple truck or something. Like, <laughs> while Steve watches from a Peloton. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, I just, I can't, I cannot say. I think there's, there's all sorts going, there's a lot going there's on. There's a lot going on. Um, it's, oh, it's, it's been a, it's been a funny one. I think, the the, the 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 two things that require some sort of resolution are Che, Miranda and Steve and I guess Carrie and Big. Yeah. Because they've not they've not announced a season two. Mm. I mean maybe maybe so I I feel it will end on some sort of ending. Mm. Although if if it were me, I would probably announce season two no. immediately after the final episode yeah. next week. Um, I think there's a good chance we're getting season two. I think so too. Mm. It's it's funny. I think it's I think it's done very well for HBO. I, I think it was HBO's Max's biggest premiere, yeah. including things like The Matrix, yeah. the new Matrix film. Um, I wonder if that has now been trumped by Euphoria season two, which I know had really big numbers, mm. and but it's not had great critical feedback. Yeah, including from us. I mean, we have been. Firm but fair. Yes. Um, and we some, love it. Some critical feedback has not been good. <laughs> yes. So, um... We love it. Like, I I do love it. Um, and I love it for how entertaining it is and how it gives us something major to talk about every week. Like, it's been a dream for us having a podcast about mm. this show because there's always something to talk about, isn't there? But, um, mm. yeah, we'll see. Do you know what I want to do? I think after next week, I'm going to binge the whole thing from start to finish. Again. I was thinking I might do that as well. Mm. <laughs> so it can't because be because I bad. wonder. If, I wonder if even if the even if the quieter episodes, when watched as part of a box set, where you're watching them day to day, kind of, um, if they feel, yeah, if it all feels like belonging to one thing rather than these quite sort of slightly disparate moments mm. like that that strange dinner party at LTWs and the tennis match and all these little funny strange little bits kind of maybe they will make more sense as a whole yeah um, yeah and maybe next week will finally be the week that Lizette just has to go back to modelling <laughs> oh yeah oh. won't someone think of the plight <laughs> I'll of have to get yeah like it was delivered like she's going to the fucking trenches like I'll have to go. I'll be forced <laughs> although to be fair I will say this modelling is fucking horrible <laughs> <laughs> having worked having worked with models when I was writing Meat Market, it is 
Wow. The worst. Uh-huh. It's horrible. Those girls are treated abominably. So I, I sympathise, but yeah, the way that line was delivered was hysterical. <laughs> um, cool. All right, well, next week. We'll see you next week the for the final. It's called, I think it's called Seeing the Light, I think. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so we will, we will see the light next Tuesday yes. for our... For our little the last of the bonus episodes. Yeah. Um until then, follow us at SIGTT Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, and we'll see you next week. Oh, and if listeners could also um rate and leave reviews for us, that's always a really big help and it pushes us up in the in the what's the word? Algorithms. The algorithms. Things like that, tech things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Help help us by helping the <laughs> algorithm. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a good weekend. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.